Welcome to the Mama Matters podcast. Whether you're expecting, you've recently given birth, or you're just starting along your fertility journey, it's time to get down to the nitty gritty and sort fact from fiction. I'm your host, Rosie Dumbrell, physiotherapist and pregnancy expert. Mama Matters aims to provide an easily digestible, up-to-date and evidence-based approach to pregnancy, birth and motherhood with a side dose of humour along the way. Interviews from the industry's leading experts and experience of my own adventures as a mother to three gorgeous boys under four. I want to share the stuff that helps to grow confidence throughout motherhood. Mama Matters is a podcast by Lenny Rose Active and this is what you can expect to hear in upcoming episodes. We know from our own research that up to 74% of women with antenatal or postnatal depression or anxiety didn't seek help because they didn't know what to look for, they didn't know what to ask about and they thought it was just a normal part of whatever they're experiencing was part and parcel of having a baby. Welcome back to Mama Matters, ladies. If you haven't already, before listening to this episode, I highly, highly encourage you to go back and listen to the prior episode uh, with Nicole. So this is part two of a two-part series where we talk about mental health in pregnancy and motherhood or what's called the perinatal period. So highly, highly recommend listening to that uh, episode either for jumping on this one or just after you listen to this one will also suffice. But some really great information and tools for wherever you are along that perinatal journey. And so it is with such great pleasure that I introduce today's guest again. Nicole is back on today to help us through the second part of a sort of perinatal journey, which is that sort of birth into early motherhood. So Nicole has a doctorate in clinical psychology, specializing in the community approaches to treating postnatal depression. She joined Beyond Blue in 2001, just after the initiative began, where for 12 years, she led a range of programs, campaigns and activities. And one of her most passionate endeavors is the success of the National Perinatal Perinatal Depression Initiative, which combines her broad range of skills and research experience to assist to improve the quality of life of those women and their families who experience mental health disorders during pregnancy or following the birth of a baby. In response to this issue and the need for an increased focus in perinatal mental health, she launched COPE in 2013. COPE is a center of perinatal excellence and provides a focus to reduce the impacts of emotional and mental health problems experienced by mothers, fathers, infants, and their families. And, you know, their big goal is to increase awareness, reduce stigma, and help to support health professionals and equip them with the knowledge and skills to provide timely and effective care for women and their families. So, yeah, as I said in episode one, I am absolutely in awe of Nicole and the great work that she's doing. And it is such great pleasure to introduce her today, Dr. Nicole Hyatt. Thanks so much for coming back on the show, Nicole. Today, we're sort of segueing more into the perinatal period from uh, birth and beyond. So we know that a, a, a lot of what we do in terms of setting up our support network, staying physically active in pregnancy and postpartum can help to boost our mental health. But even so, the incidence of postpartum depression is relatively high, reported between 15 and 20% in women and just shy of 4% in, fa- in fathers, which is, I certainly didn't, didn't realise that either. But more than half the women who 
have a depression diagnosis in pregnancy will be those that go on to then yeah have uh, postpartum depression and, and things like that. So yeah, this whole kind of topic and, and our prior conversation as well really kind of put a lump in my throat. Quite shocking to realise that up to one in five women will suffer from postpartum depression and I'll reluctantly admit that I'm probably in that sort of mild category after having both my second and third sons and probably really only realising it retrospectively. And, you know, I've got ample access to every resource. We don't have any sort of huge risk factors. Although listening to your conversation earlier, I do think that perhaps mental health in my, you know, earlier years and having suffered from an eating disorder, I I now realise that that might have been a risk factor for sort of feeling... um, perhaps unsteady and having some mild postnatal depression. Even knowing this, you know, it still can and it still can come up and it's obviously quite a, a tricky thing. So can you speak to the the figures that we've spoken about and are we seeing any change in terms of incidents, uh, you know, given the current situation of COVID-19? Mm. So in Australia, our figures around, we say that around one in seven women will experience postnatal depression. So up to one in 10 antenatally during pregnancy and one in seven in the postnatal period. So when you think about a mother's group, mm. you know, that's going to be two or three people in a mother's group with depression alone in the postnatal period. Uh, it's also important to recognise that anxiety is even more common and it's very common for anxiety and depression to exist at the same time. So in fact, up to around 40% of cases, women are experiencing anxiety, which is those feelings of feeling overwhelmed and like things are out of control and that constant worry and apprehension, as well as experiencing symptoms of depression, which is feeling very sad or down or lack of motivation, finding it so hard just to get through the day, not getting any pleasure or joy out of anything. So experiencing these two types of conditions at the same time, which is very common, you can imagine is a living nightmare for someone. So, you know, when we look at the statistics, this is going to be a large number of people. We also know with men that, yes, figures around the prevalence of depression in men in the postnatal period are very variable. That's the first thing I'll say, depending on the studies and the way that the data is collected. But we certainly know it's it's common enough that we need to be aware of it. We need to certainly be looking out for depression in men. We also know that men are 50% more likely to develop postnatal depression if their partner is depressed. So uh, this is why it's so important that we screen every pregnant woman and new mother for mental health conditions. And also now the government is also making that screening, particularly in the postnatal period, available for fathers as well going forward because we know these conditions are common and if they're not identified and treated, they can go on and on. And I think it's really interesting you're saying, you know, with your own experience that perhaps you did looking back have some experience of some mild to moderate potentially depression. Mm. And this is what's happening too often because people are in this context which is all new of having children, the busyness. You're all It's just a natural thing to try and attribute what you're going through to what's going on around you and the things that you can see. So you're likely to be putting it down to it's just sleep rep- deprivation. It's just adjusting to another child. It's just the fact that I'm having problems breastfeeding. It's just the fact that I've had a traumatic birth or I'm just recovering from birth. So it's very easy to put it down to situational factors or things that we can see but often there might not be those factors and so the depression can sort of creep up on you and take over and so this is why screening is so important we know from our own research that up to 74 percent of women with antenatal or postnatal depression or anxiety didn't seek help because they didn't know what to look for they didn't know what to ask about and they thought it was just a normal part of whatever they're experiencing was part and parcel of having a baby 
So it's very important. And on top of that, we have things like stigma and shame where there's high expectations that having a baby is going to be such a wonderful experience. It's going to be like the Huggies ads and the beautiful magazines. That's what it's going to be like. And when that doesn't happen, people often deny the symptoms. They hope it will pass on its own without any intervention or treatment because they just so badly want that experience and they want to convince themselves that that will come. But as a result, the symptoms are denied and people are not getting help. And, of course, depression can get more and more severe to get to the point that it begins to again, impact on your ability to really function from day to day. Living with depression is very, very difficult at the best of times, let alone when you're trying to deal with the demands of a newborn baby that is totally dependent on you. You know, it just, that is likely to really exacerbate the symptoms and potentially the severity as well, because you've got those additional demands as well as the illness itself. So, yeah, what in that case, you know, it obviously sounds like so much of it is sort of brushed under the carpet. So what can women and their partners look out for? Well, the first thing to do is be aware of anxiety and depression and be aware of how common they are, be aware of the signs and symptoms. So what does it look like? What does it feel like? How would I identify this in myself or someone else? Be aware of the risk factors like having a previous history and familiarise yourself with the signs and symptoms so you can get onto it early. That's number one, that information, because the faster you get onto it and the faster you treat it, the faster you will recover and prevent yourself getting into that slump which is so much harder to get out of. So just like you know, treating some other conditions early, getting onto an infection early with antibiotics before it gets to the point that your leg's going to drop off. It's the same sort of analogy where treating mild to moderate anxiety or depression is far easier and the range of options is far greater than if you've waited until the condition has become very severe. And as mentioned, with all the demands that come with a baby, that can that can escalate the rate of becoming a more severe depression. And this is why universal screening is so important for mental health conditions just like we screen routinely for blood tests and ultrasounds in pregnancy and monitoring, monitoring blood pressure. In the same way, we also need to be looking and screening for mental health conditions. So, you know, being aware if you've noticed changes in yourself or your partner, checking in with each other about how you're going. And again, you know, signing up to the Ready to Cope Guide, which is drip feeding you in the information about being aware of these conditions and what to look for at different stages of pregnancy and after having a baby are all very important ways to give you that information and insight to help give you the tools to recognise these conditions as early as possible and also seek help early. Yeah, again, it's coming back to that knowledge really, isn't it, and sort of understanding. Yeah, it's interesting. I mentioned earlier that I'd had some history of mental illness as a teenager and so when I first got pregnant with my first son, I was like, I'm going to go and see the dietitian because I want to make sure that, you know, I can stay on track with nutritional side of things, being, you know, worried that it was a potential time (laughs) for a relapse and, you know, that was very helpful and she was very amazing. I didn't sort of think to perhaps go and have more psychological (laughs) help or screening, which is, you know, it's interesting, isn't it? Because that's at the base of everything. So hindsight is a beautiful thing. And although I I was very fortunate to not have any sort of issues in pregnancy, uh, it's interesting. (laughs) Anyway, Mm -hmm. I digress. So what are your top tips for, um, I guess, managing postpartum depression if someone sort of feels like they are tipping into that sort of zone? Look, again, um, my top tips would revolve around really being informed and educated at a preventative level. So the the more you're armed with information about understanding these conditions, understanding how common they are, what they look like, this will give you so much more power and 
and that being on the front foot should these conditions arise, knowing whether you're at risk and knowing the symptoms will give you that information to then seek help early. And as mentioned, the faster you seek help, the faster you recover. And it's certainly more likely to be able to nip it in the bud when it might be a much more mild condition rather than waiting till it becomes more severe. And then it is very much more difficult to get out of it. People describe depression as like being in a, in a deep black hole and you're trying to cope with the demands of a newborn baby and, and getting out of that hole is very difficult. So being armed with information and, and getting onto it early is the first thing. Again, we know that social isolation, high expectations uh, and uh, are also likely to increase your risk of depression uh, in the postnatal period, becoming a new mum, being sleep deprived and often being socially isolated are major risk factors. So I remember myself, I mean, looking back on when I had my children, all my family is uh, in Western Australia and my husband's family is all in Ireland, didn't have any family here. And I think that for me was one of the most challenging sides of having children was the loneliness that came with motherhood. So this is where I would really encourage people to join Mama Tribe or an organisation like that, which can connect you with other mothers. And I think that's very important right now in the pandemic where there's not necessarily mothers groups, etc., happening, but there is online communities. And thank goodness we're living in a time where there is online and we do have access mm. to those important resources. So going to mamatribe.com.au, I would really recommend as a way to connect with others and just reduce that sense of isolation and make sure, make you know, realise that we're all in this together and we can be there. We all have good days and bad days. And when you're having a good day, you can then support someone who might be struggling on a particular day. And just having those open and honest conversations, which sometimes the online environment can really allow. And the final piece of advice I'd give there is if you are struggling, get help early. It's no different than if you're getting help for diabetes or hypertension or anything else. Everyone's experience of motherhood is different. Even every child experience of motherhood with each child or birth experience can be very different. Children are different. The experience is different. I really encourage people not to compare themselves with others. Um, it's not a competition. Focus on yourself and your family and your own needs and put yourself first. Motherhood is a very selfless thing. We're always putting everyone else's needs first. But, you know, as they say, you've got to fix your own oxygen mask before you can help others. So it's very important that we self-nurture ourselves uh, through looking after ourselves physically, mentally, giving ourselves time out, giving ourselves breaks, connecting with others. And by doing that, we'll be giving ourselves the best chance to be the best that we can be for ourselves, but also for our families. So important. And so, yeah, 100% <laughs> agree with all of that. Like it's taken me to probably the third child to realise that I do need to ask for help more often and that there is, there should be, and they're getting to a point where there, there isn't as much um, guilt around taking time out and, you know, making sure that I'm in the good, good physical and mental shape to, to be the best for your kids, you know. So it has a big flow on effect to them if you're not, I guess, you know, in feeling as best you can. So, you know, taking that time out will benefit everybody. Yeah. And so you've obviously given some great resources already, which I, you know, I'll make sure everything's in the show notes. But given that we're restricted in that sort of face-to-face -face setting at the moment, is there any other 
easy to digest, easy to access information or resources that you can suggest. I'd also really recommend people just for just that small bite-sized intermittent information, just to sign up to the COPE Facebook page and Instagram pages, for example. There we're absolutely keeping everything up to date and making sure people got access to the latest recommended guidelines, the evidence, and a lot of the time that evidence around the impacts of COVID-19 on unborn children and new babies is very reassuring and it's Mm. important that we do look at that evidence because it is actually a very positive story and it's also important that we contextualise that for the Australian context. We're not going through what America is and what Britain is going through. So it's important that we don't look at it, we manage the amount of news that we're looking and look at our own context, which is very, very different because that can create a lot more anxiety than it needs to. So by following the COPE mm. social media pages, um, COPE, uh, COPE Org on Facebook and COPE.org.au on Instagram, that's a great way to keep up to date. We will keep publishing the latest information, which is very reassuring and contextualised for the Australian context. But it's also just getting insights and reminding people on a daily basis that you know they're not alone and a lot of people are going through these different experiences and where they can get help and we direct people to different help on different topics in you know short bites of information. That's amazing. Yeah, such a just fabulous and I guess I can't even <laughs> find the right words for the amazing, amazing stuff that you're doing. And yeah, especially just given how you know, inundated you would be at the moment. Just so grateful to grab two large snippets of no time. <laughs> so thank you so much. Such important work that Nicole is doing and, you know, such an important area to provide resources in, but also kind of just get out in the open. I think, as I mentioned in the interview, it probably wasn't until like after the fact that I've realized that I certainly did struggle a little bit in terms of my own mental health following the birth of my second and third children. And, you know, at the time you just sort of like knuckle down and carry on. I think with knowledge and understanding about what's normal and what's not and you know when is a great time to seek and you know where to seek help um hopefully we can all kind of carry through with a little bit more ease so i will pop all of those details in the show notes um, the links to cope and mama tribe and the ready to cope resource so You can also um, find Instagram handle for Dr. Nicole Hyatt as well. So have a look through the show notes for all of those details. They're usually right at the bottom if you don't want to read through all of the show notes for the episode. So if you're enjoying listening to the podcast, ladies, please give us a shout out. You can screenshot the episode that you're listening to and then tag us on at Lenny Rose Active or use the hashtag Mama Matters. We do hope that you are staying safe and and staying home and that you know it's not too far away that we can return to a more normal version of our lives so uh, in the meantime this resource is here for you to help you through so we do hope that you're loving it and can't wait to continue to share some amazing experts in the field of pregnancy and motherhood bye this episode is brought to you by lenny rose active Australian-owned, three-times mum and physiotherapist-designed Lux Active and Technical Wear for the pregnancy to motherhood journey. You can find us on lennyroseactive.com.au or on Instagram at lennyroseactive.